Hi everyone, welcome to uh, this session of Taurus Conversations. Uh, this is a series where we get people from around the Taurus community uh, onto a call uh, and we talk to them about what they're doing in the world of digital marketing, what they're doing in the world of, of chatbots so that you guys can get a sense of uh, what sorts of awesome things people are doing with the technology. Um, this week we have on the call Bildad St. Louis, uh, all the way from Boston, so the other side of the country. Bildad, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for our viewers. Sure. Um, thanks for having me. Happy Sunday. Um, my name is Bildad St. Louis, and I am a digital strategist, um, customer experience specialist. Um, I've been working in, um, originally from Boston, Cambridge, Mass. Um, that's where I grew up. Um, I've been working with small startups for the past about 15 years. Um, I had the fortune of, of being exposed to some really progressive startups um, in the past few years and and it became a, a founder myself in 2010. Um, currently, uh, I've been working primarily in, in um, digital strategy, digital experience, customer engagement. Um, it's been my 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 focus and, and really how to build authentic relationships with your customers. Um, and, you know, with the ability to 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 obtain real robust analytics and 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 get customer feedback uh, with the emergence of different innovative technologies um it's 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 been imperative that you know these conversations with your customers and the relationships that you're generating are are, are nurtured and, and and managed properly um so currently we um are working on a a a healthcare technology and services startup um, called Recovery IP Innovations, um, focused on the addiction and substance abuse, uh, mental health um, um, industry, um, with the with the the clear um, epidemic um, from, from the opioid crisis to um, you know the suicide rates that we're facing. Um, personally, I've been impacted by. Um, some some close loved ones and friends who who suffered in, from the disorder and and in 2009 2019 uh, we we started a a, a telehealth company um, focused on creating um, um, opportunities for for providers uh, patients um, and and payers and their and the, the their loved ones to 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 work on on minimizing the 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 access and the barriers to increasing the access and minimizing the barriers to to care and treatment, right? right. Um, our our core customer um, right now is B two B. We work with treatment providers, clinics, um, small, medium sized clinics um, across the country, um, and we're essentially providing them a telehealth platform with the um, the necessary Communication and engagement tools um, to allow them to to um, make treatment available to those who um, who are committed to their recovery, whether it's a patient, primarily with outpatient treatment centers, um, and providing them the, the the treatment centers to to extend 
care um, to their patients who may not have access to transportation based on different social de determinants who may not have access to, um, who may have to go to back to work. Um, right. we, find, we find that there's many, there's many uh, reasons why, why patients drop out and, and relapse. Um, and and the, the common reasons are, are just based on, on, on really access. Um, and, and social health equity. So that's what we're doing. Um, if that helps answer your question. Yeah, absolutely. That was a super detailed response. And that's, that seems to be like a, an area which I don't want to, I don't want to denigrate any of our other users, but that seems to be an area which is doing some really important work compared to some of the other stuff we see being done in the chatbots. Um, so can you talk to me a little bit through what that, what that solution looks like? So you're helping, you're helping these under-resourced communities, you're helping under-resourced people uh, in the healthcare space uh, get access to healthcare um, or get access to recovery and addiction treatment. Um, Correct. But what, could you, could you sort of like paint a picture for what that, for what that looks like, how, how, how that's put into, into practice? Sure. Um, like over the past few years, I've been working um, with Fortune 100 companies in pharma, um, and the the you know really what I saw consistently um, is that the challenge was primarily we were working with in, in the clinical trial space. I was managing a clinical trial in 38 countries um, with 20,000 patients um, with a 400 million dollar budget. Um, it was a five-year clinical trial, and ultimately with that clinical trial. The, the lack of continued engagement, um, con um, the lack of information and access to the, the, the providers um, and the, the investigators for the clinical trial um, really, really um, caused a, a negative impact, i.e. where there was a, a, a dropout rate of over 90%, right? Um, and, and the challenge with that is that it became a, a major issue um, where to meet, to meet your statistical um, claim, you need those patients engaged. More importantly, um, what I saw was that, you know, which is common, is the lack of a, a, a real patient-centric focus and really focusing on the patient, whether it's in a clinical trial or whether it's in treatment or really looking at what their needs are um, and, and a whole health approach um, and keeping them engaged, right? So if you think about it, um, the the goals, with with that being a problem, uh, not just a financial problem, a a a, a health problem, and, and more importantly, a a, a uh, retention problem. The, the the common issues we found were 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 the same. Like patients are are, are not being are not being engaged properly. Um, the ability to have authentic conversations with those patients um, was lacking. Um, so what I went out to do. Is is really find solutions um, or tools to really enable that conversation to happen in real time, right? So the you know the so the, the goal was to in 2016 when I kind of started on this journey, um, it's kind of when I, I met Tars. Um, I was looking for a solution to allow that conversation to happen, right? So a lot of the the key services, whether it's whether it's um, a, a reminders appointment scheduling, um, basic information about 
the disease and, and how, to, how to get access to the necessary treatment they need, all of these things were being lacking. So we built a set of, of chatbots at the time that were, were HIPAA compliant, that really focused on, on, on providing um, these value-added services in a, in a very simple and accessible way um, to, to eliminate those, those barriers and issues that we were facing. Um, and we saw that the, the, the challenge that we saw was that um, there's a lot of regulation compliance issues that limit, that could, that could limit the, the, what you call traditional solutions, digital solutions to really have the impact from, for example, a website, an email, um, you know, a blog, right? A lot of these things are, are, are available, but because of, of uh, um, compliance, you know, they, they don't really solve the problem of engagement with the patient. So chatbots was, was something that was very new at the time. There was a lot of success with the, in e-commerce, a lot of success in a lot of retail industry, um, in healthcare, it was very, it was very, uh, it was a gray area. Um, from that, from that experience, we created a set of microservices um, um, using these chatbots to, to provide these services. And, and we saw a lot of success. Um, I was managing a team of, of, of digital, digital strategists uh, and developers and designers, UX designers. And we, you know, we collaborated to kind of really um, build that um, experience um, using the, 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 the converse, these conversational tools and, and we found a lot of success. Long story short, um, I took a lot of that learning from there and um, saw the same problem in, in, in the, the substance abuse and addiction industry, right? It's, it's you know, the, the ability for a patient to get access to the care they need, more importantly, to engage with their provider and their care team, um, you know, in an outpatient setting it was, is very limiting. Um, due to the, 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 the different um, behavioral issues of that patient, um, stigma, so on and so forth. So what we did is focus on, on how do we start that conversation um, and continuously build a, 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 a relationship with that patient to allow for, the, for that, that, that patient to stay in recovery, right? Give them the support they need um, in a real easy and simple way, but more importantly, build that relationship because we realize that recovery is not one week. It can be 10 weeks, it can be three years, right? right. So it's, it's a, from looking at a whole integrated approach where it's not just the therapist, it's the, the peer support person. It's the, the family member who, who is, doesn't, ha hasn't been able to get access to that, that, that patient, their, their loved one. Um, so kind of like a whole integrated collaborative approach, but it really starts with, with um, understanding um, um, what, that patient, what that patient's needs are and meeting them where they are. Meeting them where they are really is what the, the value of that chatbot does for us right now. Right. Um, by being able to you know, do an, an assessment, um, not providing a long 20, 20 question survey, um, but using the, the, you know, uh, an, uh, uh, the chatbot to, to present that information and have that conversation and ask the questions and uh, build rapport with that patient, but still providing evidence-based um, 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 strategies um, to get the, the information we need to, to provide the necessary treatment plan and care plans, right? So essentially what we've done, we've seen a lot of success there um, and, and, and the ability for us to keep that patient engaged and, and, and be there for them on their journey 
um, is is a combination of multiple tools, but the the the, the chatbot tool has brought significant value for us, right? From not just a, not just from a conversational standpoint, from appointment setting, from reminders, some basic things that 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 are key to uh, a patient um, or a client getting the care they need and staying in treatment and not dropping off um, and relapsing. We found that those things are, have been very um, um, useful, and we found that the patients are taking a proactive um, 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 uh, approach to to managing their care through different self-care tactics from, you know, utilizing the patient portal. And, and so that's what, essentially what we're doing right now. Um, I'm not sure if that answers your question. Oh, no, it absolutely does. So if I understand correctly, there is a problem of communication between these small and medium-sized and even larger companies, I guess, from your previous experience, um, healthcare providers uh, and their customers. And essentially, you're filling that, that, that communication gap. Because what was happening before is because there is a lack of good communication between these two parties um, and all of the people in the extended network of the patients, family members, uh, and things like that, there, there's a considerable drop off in um, first, I guess, the the clinical trials and, and second now in terms of what you're working on right now uh, in terms of people going through a recovery. Program. Correct. So if you, th- if you think about it, it's uh, what happens when someone checks themselves into treatment. Um, once they get approved and they, they're in treatment, they go through detox and they go right. to rehab, which is, which is um, inpatient. Um, and that's for anywhere from a 60 to 90 day period. Right. right. So the whole point of IOP intensive outpatient programs or um, outpatient programs is to allow that patient to, to continually stay to, to, to who's made the choice that to, to stay in treatment, but to have the convenience of doing it from their home. So an IOP session is three hours a day, three days a week. Um, um, think about it, three hours a day, three days a week um, at a time. Right. So right. if you, so th- we saw that the challenge is a patient will start that process um, and they can be commuting from anywhere from 20 miles, 30 miles away, right? So that patient right. who is in recovery is is has a family, has may have a job, right? So it's not always what you think. Um, someone who is homeless is really these people are people that you see day to day who have day to day obligations right. and who are who are getting back to their normal lives, um, and and becomes a major as much as they would like to to continue to pursue it, it becomes a a barrier. Um, right. And and that, that that causes so that essentially breaks the the communication. Right. Um, what makes it very difficult for the patients for treatment centers to stay in touch and continue to provide that care. Right. Um, and this is all free will. They're not required to stay in treatment at that point. Right. Right. So so now you have someone who's made progress, who's who's been sober, who is now not getting the treatment they they they've, they they need and not participating in their group therapy or, or their whatever um, treatment they've been prescribed to. And, and what we see, there's a 67% relapse rate um, due to that, right? So they're right back where they started due to the lack of support and not always clinical support is what's needed, non-clinical support from, re- from dealing, working with a recovery coach, right? So right. how do you connect, how do you bridge that gap? Um, so the, the, the tools that we're using provides the educational and services, the health tips, right? The reminders, right. like proactive reminders, right? We're making it very easy to access that 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 um, session um, for their IOP, right? So we we're right. focused on on creating the same experience um, for that patient that would be that would be 
going into a, a treatment center to participate in a group session, right? right? But now they can do it from their home, right? And have the same level of interaction. And what happens is that it typically they build relationships with, with their peers, right? right? And their peers become their support network. So when they leave treatment um, and, they, and they're now in, in, in an aftercare setting, um, they're, they're disconnecting from that support group which they've built over time. And therefore um, it's, 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 you're not getting the support that they need and they're not. So it's, it's really a challenge. So those relationships matter. So it's, it's a clinical approach, a non-clinical approach, a therapeutic approach. Um, sometimes it's just checking in and having someone to talk to, but how do right. you do that? Right? right. So we really assessed all those, those business problems. Um, and for us, the, you know, as, as much as we, you know, that would like to, to, you know, solve all the problems. We're really focusing on, on, on some key, key challenges that we, that we see across the board um, to, to, to maintain, you know, that, that level of engagement needed to, for that patient to, to recover and, right. and get the treatment they need. The other business challenge we see is that, you know, we did a study where a lot of these tools, um, you know the 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 change the from a from a, a therapist the to adopt to a, a a telehealth solution whether it's a, a secure messaging or or a chatbot or or it's a it's a video conferencing solution um, uh, healthcare providers don't like change right more right. importantly from a pure economic standpoint um, this needs to be reimbursable so we 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 really built our solution to meet those needs where you know, we're thinking about, you know, what does that practice really need, right? right. So, you know, the, the, the telehealth laws across state and federal um, um, borders are different. So it's been the wild, wild rest. So you get a lot of resistance for, for treatment providers and, 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 and clinicians and therapists to really maximize these solutions that are actually working because there's, they may not be able to bill for it, right? right. Um, and it's been the wild, wild rest. So we really took an inside-out approach. I have a partner, Justin who actually owns four treatment centers in, in New Hampshire. And we, we really, really spent a lot of time to understand that, that those business requirements, what that customer needs are, and really looking at um, not just a solution, right, for, right. for them to, to use to connect with customer, but really what are their business requirements? Like what do right. they need? How do we simplify that experience? How do we provide the value add, whether this is um, providing an additional 10% of up, of uplift in, in their business um, ultimately has to be reimbursable, right? right. Um, otherwise they're not gonna use it. And, and we've had a lot of success um, in, in dealing and communicating with owners. So our customer is a, that, that I interact with on a day-to-day -day is a, 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 a treatment center owner, right? An right. owner is an owner, right? So they're not always a, a clinical person. They're essentially a business owner, right? And the bottom right. line matters. Um, so for them to, to move a resource to, to use whether it's secure messaging um, and then you have HIPAA compliance and PHI issues. So there's a lot of risk factors here that, that, that limit, um, that make this space um, very weary and, and, and risky um, for, for the treatment providers that we really thought about in, 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 in our first release in our MVP. And we've gotten, we've gotten some tremendous feedback on, on the value proposition. So essentially the bottom line is our, our product is, is looking at, you know, the whole ecosystem from the payer, the provider and the patient, right? right. Creating the win, win, win. 
So if we're able to keep um, um, patients in treatment, leveraging these tools, um, i.e., the, the, the payer wins, right? Because they're paying for treatment, right? If we're right. able to keep the patient, patient in treatment, the provider wins because they're able to continue to provide the treatment as well as, as continually to grow their business. Right. Because um, ultimately it is a business. Right. Um, from a patient perspective, which is the most important thing, right? Putting the patient first, they are now getting the treatment that they need and, and being going through, you know, personally this summer I went through a, you know, my brother passed away, um, and, you know, I was grieving and, you know, it was, it was a really tough time for myself. Um, I went through a depression and, you know, as an entrepreneur um, and just a, a person like, like everyone else, was, you know, it was important for me to, to continually to engage with the society and every, everybody else right. um, just to continue to keep my life moving. So I, 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 I was using a telehealth solution um, and, and essentially proved our model um, where I was getting treatment from my house um, um, three days a week. Um, and from, from on Mondays, I had an hour session um, via video conferencing, via Zoom conferencing um, with, my, with my, my therapist. On, on Thursdays, I participated in three hours group, um, um, group therapy, which was very, very therapeutic. And on the weekend, there were support groups that, that we, I participated in all virtually from, the, from my home. And the difference of, which allowed me to do what? Allowed me to continually do uh, work on my, our, my business and, and, and I have a family and, 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 and meet the, my family needs, but also do that from the comfort of my home. And more importantly, I built a, a, a strong relationship with, with my care team. Right, I can recall chatting with them in real time, and they were responsive. I've never, in my existence, had that type of um, attention right. for my health or for anything. For, you know, beyond substance, beyond a, um, mental health and suicide and, and substance substance use disorder, it's right. like that relationship was very strong, and the ability for that clinician to, you know, meet me where I was at was also a benefit for them because they were able to work from their home and be available at different times and have that flexibility. And so right. patient-centric care is what it's all about, right? Having conversations and developing relationships, right? And looking at the whole health approach and really being able to um, underst understand the, the social determinants right. of that patient through conversation, right? And what we found is a lot of these patients, when they leave treatment, um, they really aren't ready. They aren't ready. They aren't really aren't ready to leave treatment. They essentially... Are, are not being honest to their therapists, right? And you think about patient satisfaction, a lot of them are not satisfied, right? right. <laughs> a lot of them, we're not getting what they need. Um, and we're kind of just lying to their therapists um, right. to, to, to kind of work through the motions because those relationships weren't able to be nurtured in the right way, right? So right. there's a lot of challenges here. Uh, you know, this is a, a big beast that we're going after. Um, but we believe that, you know, we have something unique and the opportunity to, to, you know, you know, have a save one life means right. that everything we're doing was worth it. Um, right. From, from, um, if that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it, it's super interesting to hear that, that you've actually developed this product out of almost a necessity on your part. Like you, you, you had this experience with, you had your own experience with healthcare providers where you implemented a telehealth solution using Zoom meetings, and you're sort of trying to bring that to the rest of the industry. It's, uh, I think, a super interesting way of, of bringing products into, uh, into being, because usually what happens, I feel, 
um, is an entrepreneur will think of a problem and then they'll go out and try to solve that problem without having experienced it. But over here, it seems to be that the, the, that the solution was born out of actually dealing with the, the problem that you're trying to solve. Absolutely. And, and the extension of that was, you know, the, what we realized in that process is that also the, the peer support aspect of it. So enabling that non-clinical support. So like, that's just your friend, right? right? Someone who's just checking in with you. Well, right. how do I check in with you? Am I calling you? Am I texting right. you? Right? So, you know, peer support has proven to be not only cut the cost of, of healthcare overall um, to, to really be effective when wrapped around um, traditional behavioral health um, right. um, therapies and, and treatment. So, you know, from there we, you know, we went, you know, I, I started a, um, uh, I, I was working at, um, I'm, an, I'm a UD, University of Delaware um, um, MBA student. I'm, I'm a member and mentor at the Horn Entrepreneurship um, um, Program. And this summer, what, what we've done is we were able to, um, you know, through their Summer Founders Program, my partner and I, Darian, um, you know, took the same solution and, and, and saw that there was a major challenge um, specifically working with adolescents, right? So right. dealing with suicide and mental health right. um, with, with college students in the academic world and, 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 and in universities and, and schools, right? So those are suicide is, it's just, a, it's, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's been a, 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 a real, real, real um, issue and problem on campuses. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. And so what we realize is that the, the, the student counseling services, um, you know, didn't have the tools and resources to really um, connect with those students, right? Right. Uh, we saw that the the ability to, you know, give that student the mental health um, 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 treatment they need or access to the clinicians and the therapists um, were failing, right? right. Um, so we, 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 we took the same, we, I contacted Ish, um, who's Tars's uh, founder and CEO, right. friend of mine. And I said, Ish, I have a business problem here again. Um, and we were able to, to um, innovate and, and create a, 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 a chat bot primarily focused on, on, on the assessment. So we partnered with 100 Million Lives, which is using a, 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 an assessment tool that, that's very um, conversational where a five-year-old can, can engage with it without getting lost. And, and, and it's evidence-based has been proven. And we took that, that, that model and methodology um, in partnership with the University of Delaware, 100 Million Lives, um, Delaware um, uh, Substance Abuse and Mental Health um, Agencies. And we built a, 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 a chatbot specifically to focus on adolescents in, in school-based environments to find to to assess to provide an assessment on 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 their mental health and, and where they are at that point in time, right? So right. it's in and I'm working with your team, which did a phenomenal job in building the, the, the conversational chat flows. Um, we were able to quickly um, prototype a solution um, that is now um, going to be the solution um, that we're rolling out for a pilot with University of Delaware, which is huge, um, serving 25,000 students in March. Um, and we're looking to really build that solution out um, um, using these tools, understanding that the, the persona and the archetype for the students, right, right. Are, are different from an adult. 
right? Mm-hmm. And, and how they communicate via social media platforms, chats and stigma and a lot of different things and behavior that really impact that student. And more importantly, their, their social determinants are, they're in transition. So right. they, they don't have access, you know, there's a lot of stigma to, um, you know, who they are and them raising their hand and saying, I need help. So providing an anonymous, friendly, conversational, safe tool where they feel comfortable to, to, to reach out when they're going through anxiety, right? Which right. 90% of students face and when they're going through depression or when right. they're going through um, those, those, um, those, those, those really stressors that most students face and right. really don't know how to handle in their freshman first year, second year. Um, so we've built that solution out and, and we're using a, a peer support model um, which also um, allows us to, to use student center, students um, through this interdisciplinary program where we're training students on, on, to get their peer support certification um, to provide this service, that peer support through community, direct interactions, which is all billable um, for their student population because peer to, peer to, it's all a shared experience. But what's right. the best mechanism to deliver that service, right? Right. Um, and, and we found a lot of success in, in that. And there's a huge opportunity to have an impact right. um, in 2020. So our goal is to reach 10,000 um, um, individuals in, in Delaware, um, leveraging these tools and, and giving them the access, whether it's through the adult um, um, uh, um, um, a treatment environment uh, or, st- or students dealing with mental health or core occurring disorders, or whether it's through high school students, right? right. In minority communities, in the rural population in Kent County and in, in, in Suffolk County, Delaware, where don't have access to treatment at all, right. and may not even have a, have a an access to a proper internet connection at home, but have a phone, right? right. Um, so we're looking at all those social determinants to to really reach the population in a in a in a real measurable um, um, and impactful way, focused on outcomes, right? So outcomes right. to us mean how do we how do we um, quantify success, right? So making sure that the patient is satisfied and, and being able to, to provide that, that oversight um, throughout that journey to make, making sure we're actually getting results. So it's, right. it's, a, it's a whole hybrid of, of different methodologies to do that. Um, the, I would say that the difference in, 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 in you know, why we're using TARS, I'd, I'd, like, to, I'd like to make a great point with that, uh, is ultimately um, I looked at m- m- many solutions to, to solve this problem. Um, and I found that, you know, it's not just about that conversation. It's also about messaging, marketing, and really creating and nurturing um, um, therapists, customers through different educational pieces and different uh, marketing uh, resources and making these, these services available um, across the board, right, through, right. through multi-channel relationship marketing, right? So TARS has proven to me um, to really understand that aspect of, of, of you know, healthcare, um, technology in the space, right? So what right. I found is like, this company has a great chatbot that's doing, that has a great um, um, database that's providing responses in real time for different disease states, right? And this one over here has a, a, a great API that allows you to scale across, you know, small to medium size or enterprise customers um, in, a, in a compliant capacity. So there's different solutions out there. They're, they're all kind of doing one thing, but ultimately business 101, marketing, communications, <laughs> and engaging your customer 
and keeping them and keeping them engaged over time is a key part of that. So, so Taurus, um, from a marketing standpoint, uh, we're using HubSpot um, growth package right now. And we're using their marketing automation tools to for messaging and, and, and lead generation and and nurturing our not just our 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 our, our customers, but different stakeholders in the ecosystem. And you know, Taurus has given us the ability to kind of create that connected experience across channels and platform and be able to pull that data um, and, and, and create a, a real um, experience, understand that experience for our customers, right? right. Um, and really meeting them where they are. So we're, we're recruiting peer support people through social media, um, leveraging this chatbot that we're putting into Facebook into one of the, the University of Delaware communities. We're using the, the, the chatbot to recruit MAT, which is Medicated Assisted Treatment for, for Suboxone right, to, to allow them to, to um, 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 find the treatment providers in their area um, who can prescribe them Suboxone and the treatment that they need, which is extremely regulated, um, and starting that conversation where they can, they can, they can find their, 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 a local treatment center, engage with that person, get their, get their, uh, their script, right, and continually allow them to, to not just get their script, but to participate in group therapy and have that conversation. So we're using this dynamically, and it, it is an absolutely a campaign that we're doing here, where there's multi-channels, multiple touch points, and creating that connected experience um, is really the value proposition um, and that we're, that we're, we're benefiting from in using uh, this chatbot, and more importantly, using TARS, which has been fantastic. Glad to hear it. I'm, so I'm, I'm getting a sense that um, we're coming to the end of our session here, but I'm getting the sense that it's, it, it seems like the, the, the sorts of problems that are faced across the world of mark, uh, across the world of healthcare rather is, is one of communication, especially as you said, in outpatient settings. Um, so regardless of who, you've mentioned a bunch of different sorts of healthcare providers, universities, Fortune 100 pharma companies, uh, small and medium-sized uh, recovery rec recovery treatment centers, um, but they're all sort of united by this issue of communication. Uh, but one thing that you said that was super interesting was that it the specifics of that communication change uh, based on who you're dealing with. So in the university context, you're dealing with students, a very different set of social determinants than say the farmer living in rural Delaware. Uh, who, Correct. Who, who needs access to the same things. Um, so now in the context of chatbots, I'm wondering how do you go about um, sort of identifying, first of all, those social determinants and then translating that into a conversation that resonates with that group of people or people with that group of uh, social determinants? So there, there's some, it's a great question, right? So the, the, the guiding principles for us are there, there are social determinants in young people specifically, for example, are very standard, right? So we know what they are. Um, and for example, um, money and resources, living conditions, family and community, peer and social groups, education, work and worklessness, right? Um, and transportation. So let me start with money and resources. So for an adolescent who's dealing with um, a money issue, what they're thinking about money. They don't know where they're going to get money. They're just getting started with their life. They don't, and think about it. If I'm going to a university, um, I don't have money to do certain things. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm a white kid from a rich neighborhood, right. 
Right. I I don't know whether I'm going to graduate and make money if I'm a I'm a, if I'm a, a minority, an African American, or uh, an Asian person in a minority community in the same environment, same age, right? right. They don't know how they're going to pay for school, so money becomes an issue, right? right. So so that becomes a social determinant that cr- causes stress, um, that causes issues, mental health issues, that causes depression, causes anxiety, that they're universally dealing with, and it doesn't discriminate, right? Right. Um, so looking for how do you solve for that right so finding giving them resources to cope with with um with um financial issues right giving them guidance and coaching uh, via the, to help them you know you know provide provide them with guidance early in their in their their college experience on how to cope with they don't know how to deal with this think about it right so they're just getting exposed to it so they're all feeling this they're all dealing with the same challenge but how do you how do you proactively meet them where they are? Because you know that all of these, these students are dealing with the same issues or these right. adolescents. Living conditions, right? Living conditions becomes a social determinant. Living conditions means I'm coming from a, a, a wealthy neighborhood where I'm used to certain type of things, where I'm going into a dorm room and an environment in the middle of Delaware, Newark, where it's not to my standard. Or I am a student who is, who doesn't, is in a, who's commuting, who's coming from a, a, a low-income neighborhood in, in downtown right. Wilmington, right? And those living conditions ultimately impact their experiences in life, right? right. They're their foundations right. in DNA. So they, like when I was at GW, it didn't matter, right? Whether you were rich or poor, like those are, those are the key things that impact, impact um, your, your livelihood, your wellness, and, right. and how you deal with certain things. Um, and your ability to, to have the self-awareness on, 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 or have the resources you need um, to 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 cope with those issues and to deal with those social determinants is key, which hasn't been really, um, which has been overlooked. If you think about peer and social groups, guess what? There's social media. Everyone's trying to trying to trying, trying to live up to the next guy's false expectation, right? So right. there's that 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 insecurity of you know, am I in the part of the right groups? Do I have the right friends? Am I going to be accepted, right? All these issues are peers and social groups issues that, that whether you're rich or poor, whether you're joining a fraternity or you're joining the engineering club, right? Are you going right. to be accepted in, and the, 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 with the visibility in social media and what that's caused for millennials and it's, it's, it's become a major issue, right? right. So if you, think, if you think about it, not if you think about it, the, the social determinants are what's being overlooked in overall healthcare as, as a whole. So there's a big movement to, for a whole health approach, right? right? Looking at mind, body, soul, and communities. How do we impact a community, right? And provide the community the resources, looking at that it's multiple determinants that are impacting that person's well being, not just money, not just right. poverty, not just ac- access to lack of problems that you are dealing with over here. You're helping people deal with, you're helping healthcare providers deal with communication. Uh, gaps in their treatment so whether that's a university whether it's a recovery and addiction uh treatment center uh whether that's a fortune 100 pharma company they all have issues keeping uh keeping their their patients keeping the people in their clinical trials engaged uh and giving them this holistic giving them the holistic and holistic healthcare environment that they need to thrive um, so what you're doing is you're creating the communication layer in between Correct. those providers and their patients so that that gap is being filled. Um, 
But just to close out over here, could you give us a sense of how you are measuring that, that engagement? Are there any particular metrics you look out for when you create a bot or when you create a, a more comprehensive solution um, that you can go back to your customers and say, look, this is what we increased for you. This is what we, uh, this is what we did for you. Or is it the sort of thing where they, they can see the value. They, they, don't, they don't know exactly how much value is, is being there, but they see a, a, a change in their day-to-day -day operations. Um, and that's how they know they're getting some. Money. Well, that's a that's a that's a great great question, right? So, back to the goal here. We are our goal is to, like, our, the product our platform is called Recovery You. Recovery is about you, right? right? So ultimately, the, the 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 number one goal is successful recovery for that patient. That's our goal, right? Getting outcomes, right? So we're talking about um, outcomes. So the the some of our key metrics are the attendance rate make sense right. so uh, patients attending their sessions right showing up for that session logging in right and attending that session is a major metric right it's think right. about how many times patients cancel right right um the, the the that metric is completely tied to um total number of hours billed i.e total number of hours billed is tied to total number of, of hours earned, right? From a right. clinical standpoint, right? So right. There's, a, there's a clear, so our success is tied in their success and their success is tied in our success. So, right. you know, revenue is a goal for us, right? Making sure right. that this, the, the, the solution's billable because if it's billable and no, the claims are no. processed um, and, and, and accepted, that means our solution is working, Got right? Um, the, you know, registrations. So how many patients, how many patients are signing up um, for their for their care, right? So how many patients are are you know days days sober, right? So clean days, makes sense. So you know the 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 to um our healthy, makes sense. And the the participation rate, utilization rate, and 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 um, engagement rate become the overlying um, key metrics that allow us to get the outcomes that we're looking for. So participation, right. engagement, um, and, and, and utilization, which, which speaks to the clinical side of, of this is allowed, allows us to understand that this is working. Very key metrics, right? So we've right. built our solution where um, our workflow and our customer journey um, has key events, key actions that, that, that are, that clearly um, result in, 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 in outcomes, it makes sense. Right. So, you know, if you think about the solutions that are out there, we're not thinking about um, features, we're talking about services that get outcomes and, and that are measurable and impactful. And, and that's really how I mentioned it. So utilization, um, engagement and participation. If you awesome. get those three right, then you get, then you're winning. More importantly, how many, how, how many uh, patients are, re are, that are in recovery, how many patients we can get healthy um, over whatever period of time. Right. Makes sense? That's my goal, yep. ultimately. Personally, I'm committed to really, um, you know, transforming the, the current state of the healthcare um, space in, in, this, in this industry and really looking to save lives because people are dying out there. And if we can, if we can really quantify that um, we're doing that, then, you know, quite frankly, we're winning. Um, and so our goal this year, we're setting big goals, key objectives this year. We're looking at key results 
and we're looking at recovery 2020 to be the mission. Um, and, and, and that's why we, we wake up every day. Right. And awesome. yeah, so that's it. It was, it was great talking to you, Bildad. This is a super interesting conversation. This is definitely an industry which um, is obviously very important to, to society in general, but it's, it's one that I didn't really know much about. Uh, and it was, it was awesome learning about it from you. Um, thank you for talking to us today. Uh, it's been great. Thank you. And if you want to learn more, go to recoveryip.com. Um, awesome. We're going to be doing some great work this year. Thank you very much. We'll actually leave a link to your website in the video and in the uh, show notes below. Awesome. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.